I am privileged to be able to be up front here with you this morning to bring God's Word to you. Got short notice this week. Pastor Jake called me on Thursday and said, it ain't happening, Dennis. Can you do it? Sure. Why not? So here we are. Now, I am a hospice chaplain, and so I get to uh, deal with end-of-life questions all the time. And to me, it, it is a pure joy, honestly. A lot of people come to me and say, Dennis, there is no way that I can do what you do on a day-in and day-out basis. I said, please don't. Because that's not what God's called you to do. That's what God's called me to do. And what a privilege it is to be invited into people's homes at a very special and critical time of their life. People who are asking the question, did my life matter? And some of them are really contemplating it. Some of them really do not know the answer to that question. And so I'm there to help process with them and to help walk that journey with them. I'm not there to give them the answers because I don't know if their life mattered or not. I have a guess, but... And it's really up to them to to help them process and, and get into that moment where they can have peace. Where they can get to the place where they can say, you know, I am fulfilled. What God has called me to do did matter. And it did make a difference to somebody. So what a joy and an honor it is for me to be able to be invited in to those moments of their lives. Here in the gospel reading that we had today, we we get a snapshot of a day in life of Jesus. He's been busy in the synagogue teaching and and healing, and and then he says, you know what, it's it's Sabbath day, Let's, let's head home, get a good meal, only to find the host down sick. And that's when I texted Jake. I said, I think it's kind of ironic that uh, this is our gospel reading today when, when uh, a good number of our con- congregation has been affected by the flu at some point or another, right? And I was looking at a map this week. Maine and Montana seem to be the only two states that are unaffected by the flu epidemic. I'm not saying that we all moved to Maine and Montana. <laughs> but it's not a something that we're familiar with. This fever, this Now in Jesus's time and even up until I don't know, oh my, it's snowing outside. Sidetrack, sorry. Um even uh, up until not too long ago, if someone came down with a fever, that was critical. When we hear in Scripture, when, when this mother-in-law, which irritated me, by the way, when I read the Scripture text, Mark, why did you not give her a name? 
irritated the snot out of me. I was sitting there going, we're just going to call her mother-in-law? That doesn't seem right. So as I prepared, I called her Joy. I just called her Joy. I gave her a name. And I gave her the name Joy. There's a couple of reasons. Because it reminded me of a, one of our, our patients, and I'm just going to call her Joy as well for the sake of uh, anonymity and HIPAA. You know, something about that. It reminded me of Joy. She, she lives in an Alzheimer's unit in one of my facilities. And her husband, most of the time, can come and visit her. But unfortunately, he, he got injured, and he was unable to come for a while. And Joy would come and kind of a blank stare, and she would, she would walk over to the door and stand there. Just stand there, waiting for that door to open. Now, the facility was worried, of course, that that door opened, that she would go on out. That's why she was in the locked units of the facility. She stood there waiting, looking for purpose, looking for a reason, looking for her husband probably, but looking for a reason and a purpose to to keep moving, to keep going. And one of our other chaplains, he came in, and it was the cutest thing in the world. He walked in and was real careful as he walked in the door. Just make sure that we always were careful because we always peek around the corner. One, make sure when we open the door we don't hit them. That's always a never a thing. He saw that she was standing there and the facility was all frantic because she was right by the door. And he just held out his arm, allowed her to take hold of his arm, and they walked slowly at her pace to another place in the facility, and sat down with her. They read scripture together. They sang songs together. And it was beautiful. You could just see the difference in her demeanor when when this chaplain gave her purpose, gave her a reason. It's beautiful. Now, we also make fun of the guy because we really couldn't tell which one was the patient and which one wasn't sometimes, but... But it reminded me here, Jesus went to the home. He found joy, downhearted, down with fever. Now, again, probably meant she was on her deathbed. Jesus, seeing this, He reached out and gave him his hand and raised her up. Now the scripture keeps on going, and then she immediately got up and fixed dinner for everybody else. And then I got annoyed again. Is this the role of the women a lot of people preach and use this text for that? No, we're not even going to go there. That is incorrect, and if you ever hear somebody say that, that's no. I just irritated the heck out of me saying, why in the world would Mark highlight that this is the woman's role? There was so much more, and I, and I think if we look beyond those words, we'll actually see 
That's what I'm hoping for today. That's what we're going to, I'm hoping that we're going to see that that is not what Jesus was teaching. I'll just jump right to the end of the sermon. This passage is a restoration passage. Joy responded to Jesus in service because that is what discipleship looks like. Joy responded to Jesus lifting her up. Now, this is the same Greek word that is used with Jesus on the cross. Being restored, brought back to purpose. Joy was looking for a purpose, and and through being lifted up, she was able to continue on with her calling. So that brought me back to a whole bunch of other questions in my mind. And I keep looking at the podium like I have something written there, but I don't. And I promise I didn't write a love letter. I'm going to share it with you. (laughs) Sorry, Jake. When I was in CPE, it's clinical pastoral education for training for chaplains. The question came up, who are you? And we had to introduce ourselves to the rest of our peers and, and say, who I am. Overall, it seems like an easy task. I, my first unit, I got out the genograms and I had it all charted and I probably had 30 pages of genograms all pasted together and said, this is who I am. My instructor said, that's nice. Who are you? What do you mean? This is who I am. No. We want to know who you are. Okay, well, I'm Dennis. And I can give you the whole history of my name and everything else. And she said, that's nice. Who are you? Man, what does she want? Okay, well, I'm, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a minister, I'm a chaplain. That's nice. Who are you? Oh, I was aggravating. Karen can come tell you about that. Come home and just be irritated. I didn't know how to answer that question. Maybe you do, and praise be to God if you do. I find in this passage, that is the question. Who are you? What are you being called to do? What are you being redeemed, lifted up to do, to be? See, we could get real real uh, easy off track here and say, well, this passage is what we... Once we're redeemed, we've got to do, 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 do. 
<laughs> I just said doo-doo. <laughs> Sorry. <sighs> this is why I write notes, Matt. I'll have every time I say it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a question of calling. Jesus has called each and every one of us to different things, to be different. I'm glad we're not all the same. You see, this joy, Peter's mother-in-law, It was her calling and honor to show hospitality. When she was cut off of that role from illness, it integrated her whole world, integrated who she was. when we are no longer able to engage into the calling that we have been called to, it cuts us off. So not only is this healing that Jesus provided healing for her and and relief from her fever, it is that physical healing, but it is also a restoration back to community. Isn't that good stuff right there? Life without community and a life without calling is bleak. Now, this morning, you were given a piece of paper. Uh, Hopefully, if you weren't given a piece of paper, we have some extras floating around. Anybody need a piece of paper? It's just a blank piece of paper. There's nothing magical about this paper. It's just a piece of paper. Now, you might need to write on it. And we'll get to it here in just a second. I just want to make sure everybody has one. And then while those are being passed out, I just want to draw attention as we continue on in our story in this day of life of Jesus. Not only did he heal joy, but then all of a sudden others came. And if we read the scripture closely, it says these were people that were brought to Jesus. These, a lot of these were unable to get there themselves. They were brought to Jesus. And I think that's real important. And, and then Jesus healed and healed everybody who came. And then he had a retreat, a time of prayer. Now, I know our community does a really great job with helping others. 
oftentimes we, as uh, the flu posts were being on Facebook or wherever else, you, the next first line afterwards were, what do you need? What can I do for you? What can I bring to you? I'll drop it off in the driveway and run away. Isn't it interesting that Jesus wasn't afraid to touch? How many times in our society do we find people who, yeah, I'll I'll just, I recognize them, but stay more than an arm's distance away. On this piece of paper, I want you to think about there are two kinds of people. And at different times, we are both these people. There are times that we are a people or a person who has a need. And sometimes it's really, really hard to claim our needs, to let the other person know, I need this. Hey, I've got the flu. Can someone run and get me a bowl of soup? I've got the flu. Can someone bring me some Theraflu or Thermaflu, whatever it's called? My other family members were sick, and they used it all before I can get to it. So we have the people who are in need. You know, sometimes we just need to claim, you know what? Today's been one of those days I need a hug. Right? And then the opposite is sometimes there's people who need a calling, need a commission need to care instead of being the one need of care maybe today you find yourself you're the one that needs to care i remember about oh is it a little over a year ago i guess i had a big tree that fell in my backyard by golly it was a big tree in my backyard i don't have the power tools to do that sort of thing but you know there was a group here They had all kinds of power tools that they were willing to fire up and get going. They loved it. Oh, I get to use my chainsaw. Down the tree went. Made up a whole bunch of small pieces. It's now stacked and ready to burn. I had a need. We had a group that had a need to care. Maybe you just got a brand new set of power tools at Christmas and you're just itching to use them. Because it's been too cold to do anything with them. Unless it's an auger on ice fishing or something, Ron, I don't know. So, today, what would our community look like if we were able to to pair up those needs? What if we were that community that truly said, you know what, I have a need. 
Oh, you have a need? That's great. You know, that need, that could be met by so-and-so. Wow, what a difference this world can make. We could be restored as a community into a calling. Wow. Into this commission of doing what God has called us to do and be restored. Oh, I love that word. Scroll up here real quick. Where do you find yourself today? Do you have a need? Or do you have a need to care? Write down that need on that piece of paper or that need to care on that piece of paper. And we're going to perhaps uh, at the offering time, drop it in the offering plate. If you want to put your name on it, great. If you just want to put it on your refrigerator to pray for it, that's fine too. I, you know, just as a response for community. Because doing it by ourselves, we seem to be missing out there. This healing that Jesus did was done in community and lifted joy back up into a place of community. I think it would be beautiful seeing the body of Christ care for one another and turn toward the world of love. Not too long ago, I, I did a funeral. This was just a couple weeks ago. And over the course of eight months or so, I was working with the family and the patient kept telling me, you know, my son moved to Georgia. I haven't talked to him in 20 years. We left on bad terms. It was during a time of my life where I was involved in some things that I shouldn't have been involved with. His wife doesn't want anything to do with me. He really doesn't want anything to do with me. And it breaks my heart. I know that I don't have many days left. All I want is for them to be okay. I can't change what I did in the past. I know that. But I can change how I move forward. She started with a phone call. She said, Pastor Dennis, I, 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 I called and I got three words out and he hung up on me. Yeah. She started sobbing. I said, it's heartbreaking, isn't it? She said, yeah, it just it tears me apart. I don't know what to do. I said, well, you've started that reconciliation process. You've reached out. You extended your hand. I said, you can't control his response. So I met with her the next month and the next month. and Several months, she had made no attempts to call, and he made no attempts to call. And then right around her birthday, 
he surprised her. He actually came to visit. Oh, she left for joy. Now, it wasn't a long visit, but he came. He realized that he had been hurt. He realized that mom didn't have much time left. A couple more months went by and she died on a Friday and I met with her on Tuesday, the Tuesday prior before dying, just clarify. She said, Pastor Dennis, I talked to my son. We had an hour and a half conversation on the phone. I was able to say that I was sorry for what I did. and He said he was sorry for his response in the midst of all of that. And I met with my sisters last week too. I hadn't gotten along with them for years, but they live closer by, so I, I see them periodically, but it usually ends in a fight. But it was a good weekend. She said, Pastor Dennis, with tears coming down her face, she said, my heart is full. And she died just a couple days later with her heart restored and back in place, lifted up, being restored back into community, her community of family. And she was at peace. Praise be to God. She had a need. Joy. Both my joy stories had needs. Where are we at in our discipleship that our response to God's word, our response to community, our response to God's restoration in our own lives leads to the care of others, leads to the discipleship and worship of Him. Where are we? I want us as a community to be able to continue to rise up and take our place in the world because we've been restored unto him. Amen.